Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Joshua chapter 1, 6 through 9. If you got it, say amen. If you don't have it, say hold on. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Amen. The Spirit of God is getting ready to move. In Joshua chapter 1, the Lord is speaking to Joshua, and he says to him, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Here it is, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you believe that, make some noise unto the Lord right now. If you believe that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. In this hour, I want to preach to you on this title, and it's very simple. It is, He chose you. 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 And I'm going to say it again, and I say it so many times, because the devil likes to whisper the opposing thought in our ears. He likes to share things with us like it was an accident, and you're not really saved. You're not really filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't really have any power. You don't really have any purpose. But I came to remind you this morning, he chose you. But more importantly than God choosing you, he chose you intentionally. He chose you on purpose. Doesn't it feel good to know that you were not an afterthought, that God did not choose you because he didn't have any other options? I want you to turn to your neighbor and prophesy into their life and say, he chose you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He chose you on purpose. He chose you with a purpose. He chose you on purpose and for a purpose. The Lord saw you lost at some point, knee deep in sin, not thinking of him, and he still chose you. That means he thought about it, and despite all the lies, the whispers of the enemy, he thought that you and your family were worth it. Hallelujah. He saw you before he made his decision, and he said yes. He saw you in the wildernesses of life, and he said, yes, he is the one. He saw you in the wildernesses of your life, and he said, yes, Emma, she is the one. He saw you, Brother Nana, and he said, you are the one. He saw you in your life, and he said, yes, they are the one. I don't care that they weren't thinking about me. I'm choosing them in the name of Jesus. Somebody praise God. Somebody praise God right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm going to preach it like I feel it. If you can lift your hands unto the Lord, uh, put down your Bibles. Uh, and if you believe that you have chosen and you have been brought with the price uh, in your own way, ask God uh, to prepare your heart uh, for this word of the Lord. Father, we come before you uh, as humbly as we know how. Father, your spirit is already here. You're already inhabiting this atmosphere. And Father, we believe uh, that you have a word, uh, that you have a message for us in this hour. And Father, in advance, we receive it. Uh, we will get behind this 
word. Uh, we will have a spirit of unity uh, in this place. Uh, in your mighty name, uh, we will clap unto you. Uh, we will praise uh, your holy name. Uh, Father, I pray uh, that you anoint this tongue right now, that I only speak the words uh, that you gave me to speak. Uh, in your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say he chose you, uh, and you can be seated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He chose you on purpose. He chose you with a purpose. He chose you for a purpose. He saw you in the valley before he came into your life, and he chose you because he knew that you would eventually say yes when he called you. Whoo! Because you didn't say yes the first time. You didn't say yes the second time. But for some of us, it took the 10th time. I feel the spirit of God so strong right now. Can we just have a praise right now? Can we just clap our hands unto the Lord? Matthew 22, verses 14. I love it so much. It says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Many times we read this, and it's probably a hot topic in the faith. Why is it that so many people are called, but only a select few are chosen? God is always calling out, but not everyone responds to the invitation. And the ones that do respond, he takes as his own. He gives them a new purpose uh, with a new focus. He changes their story. You see, every last one of us has a story. We have backgrounds that don't match exactly our neighbors that might be sitting next to us. We have different cultures that we come from, different ways of using speech, different ways of using our verbiage, and we have different kinds of upbringings, different kinds of parents, our perspectives. At some point, we're all different, but at some point, turn to your neighbor, say, but at some point, God came into our lives and called out to us. And we said yes. And because of that, yes, he changed our lives. Not only did he change our lives, but he changed where we would spend eternity. Hallelujah. Thank God if you believe that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our stories are now the same regardless of our backgrounds because when he called us out of the darkness, we responded to his light. Now we are one mind and one body led after one spirit. That is the spirit of God, the person that I used to be. This is what I'm telling you. The person that we used to be is not the same person that we are right now. The person that I am right now is not the same person that I was five years ago. It's not the same person that I was ten years ago. I testify to you this morning that the old things have passed away for all things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For all things have become new. I don't use the same language. I don't go to the same places. Thank God I'm not the same person. I don't do Hallelujah. This is our testimony. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that this is how we overcome. 
in the book of Revelation when it's all over, when this flesh is done and we don't have to deal with this flesh anymore. It says that we overcame him, the evil one, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So I testify to you today and we testify to each other that the person that we are today is not the same person that we were before. I like how, I like how Paul writes it in his letter to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter Chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, he says, therefore, turn to your neighbor like you're about to preach to him and say, therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is, he has restored what was lost and has given us the ministry. Everybody say the ministry, the ministry, ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. What does that mean? Not counting our sins towards us and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What is Paul saying exactly? That when he called you, he did not just call you for yourself. He did not just call you for yourself, but that he called you on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. He called you not only so that you can be reconciled, but he called you so that you can be in the ministry, in the service, in the act of reconciliation, so that you can live a life that is pleasing and acceptable, not to your neighbor, but to God. Praise God. Get on your feet and praise God if you believe that you are in the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. If you're in the service of giving your life over to God, hallelujah. Why is that so important? Why do I need to be in the service of reconciling? Why do I need to be in the service of giving my life over to God? Simply for this reason, many others are lost right now as we speak. Like we were once lost, uh, knocking on doors for fulfillment, seeking every avenue they can to feel alive. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost uh, is here right now, but God has called you out of that very darkness uh, into the light to be a light to the world. For us uh, in this church, uh, this church life wants to be a city set on a hill. But if we're being honest with each other right now, if we're being honest, if we're really being honest, if we allowed somebody to read our mail, we would admit that sometimes this can be intimidating. And sometimes it can feel a bit challenging. If we're being honest, making yourselves available to be used in a way by God can be intimidating. To serve in ways you haven't served before can be intimidating. To learn new things about yourself and who Christ is molding you to be can be intimidating and challenging at times because every single time that you try to entertain that thought, the devil comes in and tries to whisper to give in ways that you never imagined that you and your family can give can be challenging sometimes because whenever you think about giving sacrificially, the devil tries to whisper thoughts in your ear about what you're going to do to provide for your family. He does not want you to think about God being your provider. If we're being honest, sometimes this good fight of faith can be intimidating to reach out in faith into the miraculous in ways we haven't before can be intimidating. 
And the reason for all of this intimidation, the reason for all of this anxiety and this fear is very simple. It's this flesh that wraps our body. It's this sinful nature that we live in. Paul lets us to know in Romans chapter 7, verses 18 and 19. And it's a very heartfelt message that he's writing to, a, to the Romans, a culture of that day that is very similar to that of the culture of our day. He says, for I know that in me that is this flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. Verse 19, he says, for the good that I will to do, I do not do it. But the evil I will not want to do, that are the very, those are the very things that I end up practicing. What is Paul letting us to know? Paul is saying that in this flesh dwells no good thing. Paul is saying that I want to do good. I desire to do good. Who desires to do good? We desire to do the things of God. We desire to portray the fruits of the Spirit. We desire to stay on the straight and narrow path. Paul is saying, I desire these things, but sometimes I can't bring myself to do them. He says, I will to do good, but I, I just don't do them sometimes. And the evil that I don't want to do, sometimes I end up practicing those things. He says in verse 21, every single time that I try to do good, evil is always present. Who has that story in your life that every single time that you try to do good, evil is always present? And that's the reality. That's the nature that we live in. Why is it that when you try to pray and you're 10 minutes into prayer and you realize that, for, for two-thirds of that prayer that you've been daydreaming the entire time. And you start remembering things that you've forgotten. Why is it that when you finally get down and you start reading your Bible, you read the same passages three times because of floating thoughts? Why is it that sometimes when you're fasting like we've been doing uh, uh, in our devotion to God, why is it that sometimes when we're fasting, the flesh always wants to rise up and let you know how it feels? And it's because it's so spoiled and used to being in control. Hallelujah. And Paul was right about this. Paul was absolutely right. That every single time that you try to do good, evil is always present. When you make up in your mind that you are going to stay on the straight and narrow and that you're going to be gentle and that you're going to have peace and that you're going to have joy and happiness, that you're going to portray the fruit of the Spirit, that you're going to emulate the God that you serve. Why is it that when you wake up in the morning and you had your devotion and you're 30 minutes on the road and you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off and then all of a sudden it seems like you lose your Holy Ghost? Why is it that sometimes when you make up in your mind that you're going to control your anger and your, your frustration and you know for a fact that you told your child 15 times to clean their room and to do the dishes and you peek in their room and they're playing video games. And then it seems like all hell wants to break loose on the inside of you. Because every single time that you try to do good, evil is always present. But I come to tell you, 
the same thing that Paul told us, the same thing that the word of God lets us to know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, that the Lord is my strength. He is my comforter. He is my helper. He teaches me everything that I need to go. He prepares the way that I should take. And so when I wake up in the morning, I say, Lord, lead me, direct my path, send me angels, assign them on my life. Hallelujah. Everybody, praise God right now. Praise the Lord. Get on your feet and praise God for allowing him to be your comforter, for allowing him to be your teacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But this is a good fight. It's all worth it in the end. And Paul is the same one that says that I struggle in this flesh. Paul, the one who wrote most of the New Testament, he himself says that I repent, that I die daily, that every day I have to war with this flesh. But he's the same person that says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 10, he says, I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults the hardships, the persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. When I am weak, then I am strong. That's a mystery to people in the world. They don't understand that, that when I am weak, I am strong. When you realize how much you need God and surrender your weaknesses, then God can start showing off his power and the power of his spirit. Jesus refers to his spirit being the helper and the comforter in the time of need. He says that it will teach you all things and bring to your memory the things forgotten. He says that his spirit can intercede on behalf of you in ways that you cannot even intercede intercede on behalf of yourself because sometimes we deal with things and we don't even know how to pray for ourselves let alone our own family that's why it's important to pray in the spirit to pray in tongues as many times as you possibly can that's why it's important that you do not allow a day to go by where you do not pray in the spirit because you don't know what you're going to face you don't know what challenges lie ahead all you know is that you're chosen all you know is that there's a purpose on your life that's all you know. You don't know what tomorrow looks like. All we know is that God has a will for his kingdom, and he loved us so much to allow us to be a part of his will. He trusted us with the purpose of his kingdom. And without the spirit of God and exercising the spirit of God daily, day in and day out, day out life is intimidating. Paul is right. Life can be scary. Paul is right. Because of this, we can feel weak and discouraged. But God said in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, he says that it's not by my might, nor by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. If we can just connect with that thought, that when we're battling things that we have been battling with for so long and we try to do it ourselves, if we would just surrender and release our hands unto God and know that with Jesus it will happen, that the miracle will take place, the signs will be evident. And because of those things, you and people around you will begin to wonder. Miracle signs and wonders in these last days, we will experience them. This is why God had said to Joshua in our opening text, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Why is this important? Why is God having a conversation with Joshua? He is having a conversation with Joshua because Joshua is getting ready to inherit the promise. The promise is right at the door. And so 
Joshua needs some encouragement. Because in the middle of Joshua's promise, in the middle of the nation of Israel's promise, they've heard about it. They've even read about it. It's been prophesied to them. And now they can see it. They can almost feel it. But in the middle of their promise, there is a Jericho. In the middle of their promise, there is a culture that is against the things of God. In the middle of their promise, there's adultery and fornication. There's idolatry. In the middle of their promise, there's intimidation and there's challenges. In the middle of their promise, there's a devil. Because every single time that you try to do good, evil is always present. But worse than that, surrounding this promise, there's a wall. But this wall is not just any wall. It's a wall of discouragement and a wall of intimidation. And many nations much bigger than the nation of Israel have tried to make it through this barrier and have failed miserably. And the nation of Israel is looking at the fact that the weapons of destruction that Jericho has are bigger and better than their, their weapons. They had advanced technology of their day, and the nation of Israel did not. And many people have tried to even penetrate the wall, but they've never made their way through. And so God is having to speak to Joshua because his elder has passed away. His mentor has passed away. His shepherd is no longer there. And so God is speaking to Joshua who has benefited off of the, off of the ministry of his elder. And he says to Joshua, I need you to be strong and of good courage. He is telling Joshua that I need you to understand in verse 6 that I swore to your fathers. I swore to your ancestors that there's a promise, that there's a land flowing with milk and honey that I have for you. But if you would just be strong and courageous, it's for you. In verse 7, he reminds him the second time because many times we forget. So he tells Joshua again, be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. But I love this part. He says, do not turn from it to the right and do not turn from it to the left. Why? Because on the right side, there is distraction, intimidation. And on the left side, there's excuses and complaints. He is telling, uh, do not uh, turn from it to the right or to the left, but to stay uh, on the straight and narrow road that leads to life uh, and that leads uh, to it abundantly. Somebody praise God right now. Get on your feet uh, and praise God right now. Get on your feet uh, and praise God right now. Do not turn to the right. Uh, do not turn to the left. Uh, but stay uh, on the straight and narrow path. Because on the straight and narrow path, there you will find the miracles. Uh, there you will find the signs uh, and the wonders. Uh, we have to build up off of the momentum uh, of the 24-hour prayers. Uh, we have to build up off of the momentum of the fasting uh, and the praying in the name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. He says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What does that mean? You have to be speaking the word of God day and night. He says meditate on it day and night. When you wake up in the morning, the word of God, the things of God, the ways of God. Before you go to sleep at night, the word of God, the things of God, the ways of God. And in the in-between, the word of God, the things of God, the ways of God. Hallelujah. He's not telling Joshua to do anything out of the ordinary of our human condition. 
We think about things all day long. We think about things so much. We meditate day and night so much that we're even planning next year. Many people have a plan. This is my five-year plan. This is my two-year plan. This is what I'm doing next week. Many people have thought since we started service, what am I eating after service? God is telling Joshua that you're already thinking. I just need you to start thinking about the things of God. I need you to start thinking about my ways. I need you to start seeking the kingdom of God first uh, and seek its righteousness and all these things. The abundance of everything that you're trying to plan, it's already going to be added to you. But I need you to meditate on it day and night. Focus on me. Do not take your attention away from me. Do not turn to the right uh, and do not turn to the left. He's giving Joshua this formula and he says, for then uh, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. The reason why Joshua can be strong and courageous is because the Lord is telling Joshua that the victory is already won. It's already his. It's already the nations of Israel. Life point, the promise that God has prophesied over this church, it's already ours. Harvest is already at the door. It doesn't matter what's going on in Jericho. It doesn't matter the fortified walls that are there. The promise is already here. It's already ours. But God has given us a formula. He says stay focused. Meditate on it day and night because there's going to come a time when God holds you to the reason why he chose you. Because there's some souls that God has appointed you and has appointed you to reach out to. There's family members that you have thought about in the past couple of weeks. And God is going to give you direction and he's going to open up a door for you to speak life. But if you're not tapped into the spirit and you're having to jump into it when you, he's opening up that door, it's going to be too late. We have to stay in the spirit. Somebody say amen if you believe it. Hallelujah. He says, have I not commanded you in verse 9? Not his opinion, not a suggestion, but he is saying to Joshua, have I not commanded you? The third time, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. In other words, do not be distressed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. He's reminding Joshua over and over. Why is he reminding Joshua over and over for the same reasons why pastor gets up in here and preach every single Sunday and reminds us over and over and over? Because every single time we seek to apply the words that he preaches over the pulpit, the words that we read in the word of God, evil tries to rise up and tells us otherwise. Hallelujah. So he's telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. And at the end of this conversation, Joshua, he's confident. Joshua is ready. Joshua is inspired. Joshua is ready to take over Jericho. He's ready to go into the promise, but he has to get the people ready now. So Joshua goes to the people and he says to him in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, this is what he says to him. Keep in mind, at some point, he was discouraged, and at some point he was weak. That's why he had to have a conversation with God. That's a prayer meeting that Joshua was having with Jesus. That, that, that's what's taking place. And now Joshua is filled up, and he goes to the people, and he says, Sanctify yourself today because tomorrow God is going to do wonders. That's what he tells the people. What does it mean to sanctify? To sanctify simply means to come out from among them. It means to separate yourself. It means that you cannot take the Egypt that God has brought you from into the promised land. 
It means that you cannot use the same excuses. You can't go to the same places. You can't act the same way. You can't say, well, I'm only human. That excuse goes out the window the minute that God fills you with his spirit. Hallelujah. Joshua is telling the people, sanctify yourself. Because the land that they're getting ready to inherit, there's a culture that's there. And the nation of Israel has been notorious in their history for adopting, adopting the other cultures of people around them. And Joshua is saying that when we go into the promise, you can't take that mindset, that mentality, that idolatry, that fornication, that adultery where we're going. Because when people see you, they need to see God. And the Bible says that you are the light of the world, that we are a city set on a hill. It says that we're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has, does not have its salty taste, then it is of no good. Amen? I'm preaching to you right now. I'm preaching to you right now. We are the lights of the world, the salts of the earth. So we cannot use and have the same mindset of that of the world. And so Joshua is telling them in their own way to sanctify yourself, to purify yourself, because it's only then that you will experience the wonders. Pastor has been preaching to us. He has been casting a vision. He has prophesied unto us that in 2022 that we are going to reach in a way that we've never reached before. But it's not reaching in the way that we have reached in the past few years. We're not reaching from the angle of trying to build community. We have community. We're not reaching from the angle of having a unity of service. Everybody is plugged in and serving. We want for nothing at life point. But we're reaching in 2022 for miracles, signs, and wonders. But the flesh wants to intimidate you. It wants to say that God didn't choose you to do that. He didn't call you to do that. that. That you have to be a pastor or a minister to lay hands on the sick. That's not what my Bible says. If you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you, and you know that there's somebody who's in need, and you have been released by your pastor, you never let anybody come to the altar by themselves. If your neighbor is walking up to the altar and they're in your pew, you walk up to the altar and you say, I'm going to lay hands on you if that's okay. And the Bible says that when two or three gather together, that there the Lord is in the midst, and we can pray for anything, and according to his will, it will be done in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's where the miracles are going to take place. That's how we are going to reach in a way that we have never reached before. By praying in a way that we have never prayed before. Fellowshipping with God in prayer in a way that we have never fellowshiped before. Not praying to cross off our religious list. Not reading our Bible just to cross it off our list. But praying and fellowshipping. Developing a love for the word of God so that it is written in our hearts. That's why I love the Bible quizzers. Because they're reciting it over and over. And every single day they're reciting those scriptures. And they're not meditating it all simply in their head. But they're projecting those words. They're speaking it. They're speaking life and they're speaking it abundantly because there's going to come a time when they're going to have to speak those scriptures to a soul. Hallelujah. When I think about Joshua being strong and courageous, the Lord had shared with me a few people. I believe some are actually in this sanctuary right now and I'm going to put you on the spot. But the Lord has shared with me a few people who have been strong and courageous. The first person that the Lord shared with me was you, Faith. 
You're the first person that the Lord had shared with. When Faith got into the youth group, she was so shy, still is a little, a little shy. She was so intimidated by the idea of ministry. And whenever we would bring it up to her, you got so silent on us. But she didn't turn to the right or to the left. She sought the kingdom of God. She stayed on the straight and narrow path. She meditated on the word day and night. She listened to the instructions of her pastor. She followed the, the leadership of her youth leaders. And she began to learn an instrument. She took some lessons. And now she is leading us in praise and worship every single Sunday. Hallelujah. We can praise God for that. Hallelujah. We can praise God for that. She has been strong. She has been courageous. She has not turned to the right. She has not turned to the left. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But she stayed focused. And now she is leading her peers. She is praying, praying over the younger ones, taking other ones under her wings. She is a Bible quizzer now, quoting the words every single day. She texts me and Sister Kendra every single day. She says, here are the verses that I have studied. Here are the ones that I have memorized. And when she comes in practice, she recites those scriptures because they're on her heart now. Hallelujah. I think about the Diamond family. You don't have to be around Mackenzie and Jimmy too long to know that there's a call on their life. You don't have to be around them long enough to know that they're very bold children. <laughs> Just recently during the New Year's service, Mackenzie was standing right here. And with such poise and such confidence in the spirit, she began to testify of what God was doing in 2021 in the life of her family. And she did it with humor and she made us all laugh. And that's because there's a calling on her life. That's because she's anointed in the name of Jesus. And Jimmy and Mackenzie, they were in practice at some point. And they were leaving to come to Tuesday night prayer at their age. They were leaving to come to Tuesday night prayer. And they said, coach, I can't stay long. I have to leave. And the coach said, where are you going? And they said, I'm going to prayer. The coach said to these two little kids, can you pray for me? And so Jimmy and McKenzie came to a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And they began to hold hands. And we began to pray over their coach. And I believe that a testimony was established right there in that moment. Hallelujah. Let's get on our feet and praise God because we're going somewhere. We're going to the promised land and he has equipped us. He has chose us with the purpose, for a purpose, on purpose. Hallelujah. The last person that the Lord had gave me was Sister Lisa. She has a powerful testimony. I won't get into that. I believe that one day the Lord is going to use her to share that in a powerful way. But the Lord had appointed somebody in her life years ago to reach out to her, to disciple her. And now she is one of our leading prayer warriors here at this church. If you want anybody to pray for you, you better shoot Sister, T, Sister Lisa a text message. If you, if you trust anybody to pray for you, you shoot her a text message. She travails, she prays, the Lord speaks to her directly. But that was not the highlight that the Lord had gave me. 
she stepped foot outside of her comfort zone. And at our LP family meeting, she sat up here on this platform and she began to share her secrets of praying and fasting in the Lord. And she began to minister to our spirits and we were edified. That is what God is calling this church to do in these last days. That is what God wants us to do in these days right before we walk into the promised land. He wants us to have a unity of spirit. He wants us to serve in a way that we haven't served before. Do whatever our pastor is asking us to do. If we can all get on our feet in the name of Jesus and begin to show your sacrifice and your allegiance to the things of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the musicians can please come, I'm almost done. Hallelujah. But I want to share with you right now a vision that God gave me halfway through 2021. And I wanted to share it a while ago, but the Lord did not release me to share it. And I shared it with pastor then when I had the vision, but I didn't know everything about it. And so I held off on it. And so I want to share that with you right now. But I'm going to let you know that as I am sharing this thought, I'm going to call for you to come forward to the, to the altar right now. If you believe that God has called you on purpose, with the purpose and for a purpose, I just want you to make your way to the altar right now. Don't delay. Don't hesitate. Get on your feet. Come to the altar right now. And we're going to have a unity of spirit because we're getting ready to go into Jericho. We're getting ready to go into the promise. We're getting ready to take over. God is getting ready to do the wonders among us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In this vision, there was this man standing over a river, and the man's face was blurry, so at the time I had no idea who this man was, but he had a loaf of bread in his hand, and one, little by little he began to drop and break the loaf of bread into the river, and different fishes from all kinds of places began to come over and eat the bread, and they all began to disperse, and I was like, Lord, why are they dispersing? And the Lord began to minister to my spirit. He said that this man that you see in this vision, uh, he is breaking up the bread of life. Uh, he is feeding all these different kinds of fish uh, and this bread that they're coming to eat uh, that the man is dropping in the water the fish are coming uh, to have nourishment for their bodies uh, because they need to be strong they need to be able to survive and so those fish when they're dispersing they're not leaving uh, just to leave but they're leaving to show other fish uh, where to go to get more bread to have the bread of life and the Lord shared with me that in time come uh, I will share with you who this man is that you cannot see uh, we had a powerful prayer meeting uh, this past Tuesday uh, and the Lord began to speak to me. Mantles were being poured over. People began to pray in the spirit. Uh, signs and wonders began to take place. We had a record number of people who were here in these altars and praying uh, and pastor was praying over souls. Uh, our family member was praying uh, and God began to move in a mighty way. And the Lord spoke to me and he said that that man that you see uh, standing over the river that is your shepherd. That is your pastor. And for the past few years, he has been breaking the word of God down so that you can understand it. But there's some people who are at different walks in their spiritual walk. So he has to break some pieces of bread smaller. And some people can digest bigger pieces of bread. But the Lord was sharing with me that he's been breaking the word so that we can digest it. So that we can have nourishment for our bodies. Not this fleshly body. It's no good. But for our spiritual bodies. Amen. I believe that if you begin to lift your hands unto the Lord right now. And you begin to say, Lord, thank you for feeding me. God, I receive the bread of life. I receive the word of God. I receive 
receive the message of this hour. I believe that we're at the promise. And I believe that you brought me with the price for a purpose. And you called me out. You said come out from among them. And you've given me an ability in the spirit. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. Use your words. Reach unto the heavens. And the miracles will take place. Mantles will be falling on individuals right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.